This is The Hot Seat with your hosts, Charlie Locke and Michael Galliano from SDR Nation. Each episode, we sit down with the top sales development reps in the game to unpack why they're great. Without further ado, let's jump in. Hello, everyone. We are here with Ashley Zaxt for another episode of SDR Nation's The Hot Seat. Welcome, Ashley. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, Ashley, how's it going? (laughs) Great, how are you? Awesome, awesome. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thank you for having me. We're looking forward to chatting with you on uh, on all things uh, sales development and and hearing hearing some of of what your secret sauce is for for nailing your role at Chili Piper. Super excited to chat with you uh, on a couple other topics that are close to your heart as well, like diversity. Yeah, maybe we could just open it up to you to kick it off, just telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. So... Ashley Zaxt. I am an SDR at Chili Piper and I am wrapping up my fifth month there. It's also my fifth month in the role period. Uh, I came from the marketing side of the house. I was on the marketing team at Bravado prior to this role. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I've been having a great time. I actually just had a meeting with our CEO this this week, earlier this weekend, like just catching up and chatting about how it's been going. And like every time I have a conversation about like, oh, how's it going at Chili Pepper? It's just, I'm, it's a breath of fresh air. It's super fun. I'm learning a lot. Like I'm surrounded by really amazing humans who are all so incredibly good at what they do. So I'm like inspired every day. And yeah, just makes my job really, really great. <laughs> yeah, it's wicked. We, we actually have a few folks from Chili Piper in the community, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think Eric and he's sort of our uh, resident data nerd and he really yeah. helped us with Ella's channel about um, you know leveraging all of your metrics from your your cadencing tool or your sales automation tool or whatever you're using and he's using it to your benefit he's a wizard it's awesome to hear but I'm curious you know you mentioned you came from the marketing world I'm always interested in that sort of path from marketing to sales you know how do you think that set you up maybe for success or helps you out in in nailing the SDR role yeah I love this question so I I think it helped me out. Obviously, it helps from the perspective of like I'm selling to marketers. We sell to marketers, salespeople, and CS teams. So, you know, we kind of have a wide swath there. But so it definitely helps me when reaching out to marketers. I understand like where they're coming from, the pain points, and kind of how to speak that language. So, so that's an, an easy one. But I think I had a even more interesting situation being at bravado bravado was built to be a community for sales professionals and so i spent three years with that company helping to build it and grow the community and in doing so i was like meeting all of these amazing salespeople. like i've got like connections with with you know people who are now like good friends because i met them you know you know trying to convince them that they should be a part of bravado or whatever and i think early on you know, our mission was to elevate the profession of sales and to sort of change the perspective and demolish the stigma around having a sales title, you know, Mm. being able to be proud that you're a salesperson. In doing that, we were focused on diversity in sales and trying to elevate that and champion that. And so through that kind of arm of, of the organization, I was able to work with, you know, Lori Richardson, Barb Giamacco, 
Utah Women in Sales, several other like women in sales groups in order to like, we were sponsoring events and we were helping make content around all of this. And like, as I kept going in that, there, there was like a seed planted in, in me somewhere that was like, I, it's not enough for me to, to just be like writing content about this or making videos about this. Like mm. I want to actually be, and I said this on the, the millennial sales podcast the other day, but I want to be the change I wish to see in the world. So instead of talking about it, I wanted to do something about it and be that representation that I wanted to see. And so that's sort of what launched me into making the decision to, to switch from marketing into sales. That's amazing. I, I made the same transition from marketing into sales and um, I've, I've loved the, the transition and, and what I've taken from the role. You know, speaking about diversity, I think Charlie and I completely agree. We also believe in, in changing the stigma around the sales profession and, and there's a long way to go. But you know, where, where do you think the, the current status is in the sales industry when it comes to diversity? And you know, what, what, what are your hopes for the next few years in terms of what you'd like to contribute to that? So I think where we're at now, we're definitely seeing improvements. You know, it's all going to be very incremental. There's a couple of things that I would hope to see. So, for example, with regards to the stigma around the profession, uh, I've noticed that you know, even now people are recommending don't put SDR in your, like as your title, either on LinkedIn or in your email signature. Do either of you, like when you were an SDR, like, did you not, did you put something else other than SDR as your title? That's an interesting, I, I've, you know, I've heard both sides of this coin, I mm -hmm. guess, throughout my career. I, I'm of the camp of tell people you're a salesperson so that you can just be an authentic in yourself when mm -hmm. you're talking to people. I don't like the idea of, you know, trying to trick someone into a conversation because they don't know you're actually a salesperson, but I'm, that might not be what you're getting at though. No, no, it, yeah, okay. that's, it's kind of, I don't know if maybe tricking them, maybe some people are trying to do that. I don't know, but like, I think it's a combination of like, well, the, the perception that no one's going to respond to you if, if they see you're an SDR, right? Like, so you have to put mm. that you're a lead optimization specialist. And it's like, do they, right. you really think though, they're not going to know you're a salesperson? <laughs> I don't, I don't, but this is what I think is like deeper rooted in this uh, right. stigma that we're talking about. Right. And so I, I find it almost disheartening that I, I have friends or colleagues who are in this position who think that they have to put some other bow on it to make somebody want to open that present. Right. But it's, mm. if they don't want to talk to you, they don't care if you're an SDR or a lead optimization specialist or, you know, whatever, like they, they don't want to talk to you. They don't want to talk to you. So, so that's sort of, I've noticed that recently and that's been like top of mind for me. I like, like, I just, I just want people to be like, own it. It's, it's a, you, you're, you're the front line of a sales organization. You're so important. Like yeah. that is amazing. Exactly. And then as far as diversity, I, this is interesting. I, so last Dreamforce, the last one that was like in real life, there was a panel about like a women in sales panel. And I have been to several of these and I find it interesting. And so like, I, I don't know what this is going to sound like, but often the topics that come up around women in sales are how to manage having a family while maintaining your sales career. Mm. 
This is incredibly important, and I do not want to diminish that. However, not every woman is interested in having a family. Neither is every man, right? So like, I understand the importance of that conversation, but it's when talking about retaining women in sales, you got to give me more than that. You got to give me more than, than maternity leave and paternity leave. You got to give me more than like a nursing room in the office. If, if that's a thing, like, that's great. Do that. But that only addresses like the portion of the community that identifies as women. So like, be better, do more. And, and I was really impressed by this panel. Actually, Lori Richardson was moderating it at Dreamforce where we were talking to a few people and something came up about financial planning. And like, it was the first time I had heard financial planning as an offering, as an attempt to retain women in sales. I know like Ella Vest is, is very strong on how women have to plan differently than men for retirement. And so anyway, it was just like mind blowing. Cause like I was expecting another conversation about women and babies, you know, and right. like that came up and I was so impressed. Right. I was so happy to hear something different. And guess what? If a company's offering, you know, guidance around financial planning to help their women employees, guess who else is that's going to help their men, the men in the company, right? Like anytime oh. you do something to give someone a, like an, an improved experience or a leg up or whatever, it's going to help everyone else around them as well. So. No, I, I appreciate that. That's that's a great perspective, and there, there's there's a long way to go, like I said. But I think you know your mindset and the work that you're doing, these conversations, and and hopefully through our community, um, we can start to chip away at it over time. And you know, as, as a sales leader full time at a company as well, you know, we make a lot of sales hires, and we try to be as mindful to be uh, as mindful as possible to be diverse when 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 we're looking for candidates because that that extra work is so important to do and we'll have long-term benefits on on the overall industry and you know our long-term hope we've shared this before is 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 down the road young people kids even say you know one day I want to be an SDR one day I want to be right. in sales like they do uh, about lawyers and doctors and I've never heard that in my life, <laughs> but eventually maybe uh, Charlie, one of your boys will say it. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Appreciate that perspective. There's so much more to dig into there on women in sales. Mm-hmm. I'm really close to a group called Wise, Women in Sales Everywhere. You should check them out. Um, it, it's more for female leaders in sales, which I think is actually a big crux of the problem. Mm-hmm. But like it's, this could be, a, I think this is, it's funny the. I, what I not funny. It's interesting the parallel you were making there between you know not being proud of being a salesperson mm-hmm. in diversity, I guess in a way, and having the confidence to stand behind what you do is such an important aspect of inclusion, you know. And so we should probably think about it, you know, running a session on this or something for the group because you know one of the biggest challenges for SDRs in general is just this like confidence thing of like how do I just feel good about selling when I've been trained my whole life that sales is for sleazy people, you know, and, and like, and so their whole perception of the practice of sales is convincing people. And that word convince is like the worst word in sales, in my opinion, because their whole thought is like, I need to like sort of convince someone and dupe them and manipulate them and get them to like, you know, wrestle until the ground and, you know, Mm -hmm. them to agree to what I'm saying. And, it just doesn't work like that way doesn't work at all. And so 
And, but, but it leaves people with all this lack of confidence because they don't know who to be, you know, they don't know how to be themselves. And so when you're, when you're saying, I can't even make my title SDR, how the hell are you going to ever be confident in who you are as a person? Right. You know? And then as like, you know, as far as the representation, like as a, a queer woman in sales, like if I can't be proud of the fact that I am in sales, then how the heck am I supposed to like be that representation for some woman coming out of college who doesn't think that sales is the right career for them because they oh, don't see yeah. themselves in that role. Like if I can't be confident in it, then I'm not, then I can't be the representation that I wanted to see. Totally. One thing we've learned about you before uh, our conversation today is, is your strength around personalization when it comes to outbound and, and prospecting in your role at Chili Piper. Could you share a bit about your philosophy when it comes to personalization and, and what you do? Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a lot of conversation around this and, and I agree with the point that like relevance is, should be more, like take priority over per, like deep personalization. And um, I sort of have a hierarchy that I go through with when I'm prospecting. Cause I'm actually trying to not put everybody in the bucket of like, I'm going to do some super deep personalization. I'm, I'm, right. that's a sacred bucket for like this, you know, the really perfect ICP, like perfect account. Like I, this, you know, and I want to spend more time on that. I want to dig in deeper there, obviously while balancing that with the rest of my daily activities that I know I need to do in order to reach my goals by the end of the week and the month and the quarter. So but when I get to do that, like I, I really enjoy it because I'm often looking for something that like I genuinely connect with this person on. So I'll give a good example that just happened. I saw that there was a prospect in our CRM that had been reached out to by an SDR like a while back. And in the first email of the cadence, they were like, no, thanks, not interested. You know, that was it. And I saw that as a challenge because I saw the account it was a great, great fit account. I saw the, the the human I was going to be talking to and some content that they had posted and, and it mentioned like their partnership with Burton Snowboards. Mm -hmm. And and in that post, it meant they mentioned how like growing up in Vermont, they found solace in the mountain snowboarding. Now I'm an avid snowboarder. So obviously that's an easy connect, right? Like I wrote a bit a, you know, four or five line personalized email about congrats on the partnership Burton, like that's super dope. What an awesome brand. Also saw, you know, you grew up in Vermont snowboarding. I totally feel that. Like I go to Mount Hood here in Oregon every weekend and it's like my happy place. Right. And, you know, then it was just a soft ask of like, if there's any interest, like would love to set up some time. Right. They got back to me right away. We're like, let's set a call next end of next week. Right. It was, he was like, great email. It didn't, that didn't take that much. It was like a genuine connection and it wasn't forced. Like I also, so I also don't agree with like kind of making shit up, excuse my language, in order mm -hmm. to like force that personalization. So if I'm looking at a contact and like there really isn't anything for me to work with, they, they haven't created any content there, you know, there's just nothing there to connect, then I'm not going to force it. And I'm going to kind of move them down in my little hierarchy of, of outreach. And I, I think that's like my favorite part of my job. Like I said, I've only been doing it for five months, but like as soon as somebody responds and as soon as somebody starts that conversation, like that's when all the bells go off and I'm like, oh, here we go. Right. I, get, I get to talk to somebody. I get to like try to help them. That's the fun part, right? Totally. 
You mentioned at the top there the difference between personalization and relevance. Mm -hmm. How would you define those two things and how how do they differ or similar, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I think they're... (laughs) So I I had an interesting conversation with Patrick Downs at Surf and Sales in Costa Rica last February about personalization, because having come from marketing, that that was all I was focused on at the time, right? Everything needs to be personal. He was like, yeah, but I don't want people to like come at me knowing like... (laughs) where I grocery shop and where I, you know, or like my coworker, she talks about how people hit her up and like mention her kids because they see pictures of her kids on Instagram or something. Right. And that's mm. like, that's crossing the line. That's creepy. Or you get like, you know, there was, so there's some technology. I, I actually was in the email personalization game for a bit. We, I started an app a while ago that, you know, would sort of pull things from people's profiles and you could try mm-hmm. to tie it together. And it was like, and there was other ones doing it out there where it'd be like, you know, hey, you know, I see you're, you know, you, you, you're right down the street from Mario's Pizza. You know, I love yeah. that pizza place. Anyways, back to lead routing software, you know, and there's right. no connection whatsoever, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're not relevant and you shouldn't be having the conversation in the first place, like then there's no way you're going to force the conversation with but what is like, the equation for relevance like what does relevant mean i guess in that i sense? think that's like, when you the combination of timing and pain and like you know how do you what is relevant yeah that's a great question and i think some of those are unknowns right like you, you're not going to know if the timing's right until you talk to somebody unless there's like some other signal out there for right. your particular product or, or offering um for us you know it's like if we notice that somebody's hired a lot of salespeople, we're going to be like oh that's a signal that this might be the right time for you to invest in a tool like ours but outside of that, it's pretty. It could be pretty unknown, and so I think you have to just really dig into the personas, like who you're talking to and what the general pain points are for them, and finding ways to make the connection between what you can do for them. But again, like to start, I, I would encourage people to not send a, a first email of like, "Hey, saw you like pizza. I sell lead routing software." Like that, you know, it doesn't work that way. So finding their finding out a if there's interest at all and like that and trying to find out what their pain is before pushing your product on them and i know that's easy way easier said than done and like i'm still trying to figure all that out but if you go into a week then let's say and you've got you know a hundred contacts a hundred leads to work and maybe you can tell us you know how how do you actually plan out going into a week how many prospects are you working and, and when you try and balance that volume and relevance through some personalization, how, how do you walk that line between needing to have some critical mass, you know, not, not spending three hours crafting one email. Exactly. I've, you know, I've been, I've definitely been there, but you know, what, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, actually that's, that's a great point. Cause I think I saw somebody post something the other day who he was like, while you're spending, you know, 20 minutes personalizing an email, your coworker just, you know, booked three opportunities because they sent out, (laughs) you know, whatever. So everything, you know, everything has a time and a place and needs to be balanced. And so I usually, like I said, I have a hierarchy of cadences based on the persona, the account, and like whether or not I feel like it's uh, worth investing the time into a, a super personalized email. And I would, and like I said, I'm trying not to put people in that bucket, right? Like I'm, I'm trying to, Everything we do is personalized at the account level, sometimes at the and at the persona level as well. And so that helps. And that's where the relevance comes in. Like it's relevant to the CS team that we talk about XYZ, right? 
So going through my, you know, accounts for the day, I'm taking a look at just several different pieces of criteria that are like helping me kind of if then decision-making tree actually have it written out, but like in my head, you know, I'm going through that every single time I go through an account and look at my, my prospects from that account and figuring out where to put them. And when it comes to putting them in that bucket of like the super personal cadence, I don't do that right then and there. Like I say that I usually block off time probably the next day to like spend at most an hour on those like eight to 10 people. And that's it. Like I, I'm usually not spending more than that on that particular part of my outreach, because as you said, like you have to balance with the rest and like the critical mass is important as well. So awesome. Those are uh, really great tips. And actually it's been awesome having you on. We're excited to, to share this with the community and to share this with SDRs everywhere. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you. This is fun. It's great. Thanks for coming on. It's great to, great to meet you and just awesome having you in the community. Thanks. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And if you're interested in joining SDR Nation's membership and private community, head to sdrnation.com.